I made a breakout pass to Darren Colburn. He skated down the ice, took a slap shot, and that was the first goal on Link's history. Like, like these guys, we, we were not goal scorers, or, or uh, we didn't get a lot of points. And that, that first game, I had three assists. That was the game's third star. And we had 72 games that season, and I ended up with 13 points. So I got three in game one, and I got 10 over the next wow. 71. <laughs> Welcome to Drop the Disc. Today we have a real treat for you. We have three guests on the show today, and we are doing our first ever presentation of Augusta Hockey Talk. Today on the show we have John Whitwell. I like to tell people I'm a good old Southern boy. I'm just from South Canada. Trevor Gillies. Lots of wars. I wasn't getting paid to score goals. I, don't, I didn't even have a goal in Augusta in 46 games, but I was leading the league in penalty minutes and fights at the time I got traded. <laughs> and Steve Munn. Uh, you're having a bad day. Coach would just kind of be like, dude, like... You suck. You want to just go out and fight somebody? Maybe I could at least, you know, get in a scrap, get the boys going. This is a great group of guys that we are extremely excited for you guys to meet. Not only are they former hockey players, not only are they former hockey players for the Lynx in Augusta, but all of them have also transitioned into the business world. And so you'll get to hear about the things that they're doing in our community right now. They're all extremely involved, and it's a pleasure to have them here. This episode, like every episode, is presented by our presenting sponsor, Nancy Powell of Powell & Associates. Hopefully by now you voted for Nancy Powell for Cyber City's Best for the Augusta Chronicle so that she will hopefully be Augusta's favorite broker and real estate agent two years in a row. She's the presenting sponsor of this show, and she's extremely involved in the community. If you are looking for any kind of real estate advice, if you think that you might be in the market soon, the best thing to do is to give Nancy Powell a call. She's extremely knowledgeable and is going to have your back, which is the biggest deal of all. She's also going to have great references if there's anything that you need throughout your buying, selling, or investing process. Check Nancy Powell out. You can find her on social media at Downtown Augusta Broker. And you can give her a call at 706 717-1281. Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey guys, I'm David. And we're Drop the Disc Podcast. Welcome to the Drop the Disc Podcast. We're really excited. Today is an awesome episode. Chris is letting me do the introduction today because I am the most Canadian host of the show, <laughs> and we have the most Canadian show we've probably ever had, statistically at least. Um, we've had Deke, which shout out to him, and of course Sean Mooney. But today we've got three not only uh, athletes, pillars in the community, but also some uh, some guys from up north. Will you all introduce yourselves real quick? How you doing? I'm Steve Mon. Hey everybody, I'm Trevor Gillies. And I'm John Whitwell. <laughs> I love how this goes. <laughs> yeah. We're rotating the fourth microphone. If, if you hear some delays, uh, forgive us for that. So this is really cool. Um, and we are here today with some Augusta Hockey Talk. This is really cool. This is something we have not been able to do before. We've had uh, Tom Denglinger with the green jackets on, but and we've had uh, Dip Mitris with Augusta University Basketball. But this is the first, I believe, professional sports episode we've ever done. Yeah, it is. It for sure is. And we are here with uh, these athletes. And what we're going to do today is we're going to kind of take it one at a time. We're going to tell each of y'all's backgrounds. 
Um, and then we're going to kind of talk about, one, the Stanley Cup that just happened. Right. Uh, Trevor was a player on the New York Islanders who were in the Stanley Cup. Must have been very exciting for you. Yeah, they won me some money. They lost me some money. It was, uh, <laughs> it was very entertaining, to say the least. But, no, I was proud of the boys. They played hard. Uh, there's only three guys left from when I played. So, um, you know, it's a pretty it's a young man's game. And, um, you know, they did well, but Tampa's pretty unstoppable. So, for it's, sure. It's probably pretty cool to see people that you played with still playing and get to watch them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Matty Martin, uh, guy could be a male model. He's married to Boomer Esiason's uh, daughter, Sydney Esiason. They have a baby, and um, he's one of the guys that's still pretty tough cat out there on the ice. And uh, So I played with him when he was a rookie in the minors, and then we both went up together. And then Casey Kazikas I played with in the minors. He was our top scorer. They make up two-thirds of the, the best fourth line in hockey. And then uh, Josh Bailey is also there, and he's a star player for him. So. Okay. So we already know that they're not from Augusta. We do know that. <laughs> you can hear it um, in the voice? Or that, <laughs> uh, because David just said they're all from Canada. Yeah, so. that's, that's the other part that gives <laughs> it away a little bit. Um, so let's start with this. Uh, let's start with you, Steve. Steve, yes. you set this up. We have to thank you for making this happen, although I think we were going to get Trevor in here eventually anyways. Um, for sure. So, Steve, let's start with you. We know you didn't grow up in Augusta, but tell us about you know where did you grow up and how did you get into hockey? Well, I grew up in uh, the thriving metropolis of Maymont, Saskatchewan, which is uh, about 150 people. <laughs> it's, uh, it's about an hour to the west of Saskatoon. Um, you know, it's, I mean, the small town as you can get. Um, but of course, the only, well, the only thing you could do is, is play hockey. I mean, um, just a living, breathing stereotype. What else are you going to do? <laughs> Um, so yeah, I grew up there. My, my family had the general store in my hometown, uh, Munn's general store. If we didn't have it, you didn't need it. And, uh, that was that. Um, so, I mean, you just, it was the only option. So, um, so yeah, I grew up there playing hockey and, uh, was, was fortunate enough to, uh, come to the States and play college hockey. Where'd you uh, play at? I played at Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, which is a... Uh, That's my favorite school. Is, right? Yeah, it just rolls yeah. off the tongue. I really <laughs> wanted to go there. Household name down here, right? <laughs> uh, Where is that? It's in Troy, New York. It's a, it's a uh, architecture, engineering, and computer science school. And thank baby Jesus, they've got a business school. Because uh, <laughs> there was not a chance I was going to cut it in that curriculum otherwise. And uh, I was quite bluntly told that by our captain. Uh, <laughs> when he picked me up at the airport, Mark Murphy. Uh, he's like, I hear you're going to engineering school. I'm like, yep, I'm pretty smart. And he's like, you are a full-blown idiot. <laughs> we are going to the dean's office on Monday morning and changing you to the business school. And it was uh, the best harsh advice I ever got. Um, so, yeah, four years at RPI, graduated in 02. What position did you play? A defenseman. Okay. A defensive defenseman. So, uh, st <laughs> you know, I used to get a nosebleed if I crossed the other team's blue line. Um, so, um, yeah, very defensive. Didn't, uh, didn't, <laughs> didn't, didn't really like the puck, didn't want the puck, but uh, liked it when the other team had it so I could separate them from it so but you say so, that you say that you didn't like the puck and and that yeah. you you really uh if i'm reading between the lines we're not supposed to touch the puck too much yeah um it's just better for everyone if i didn't but you didn't stop playing after college did you no i played uh, another nine years in the minors so i did uh 
first couple of years were at double-A level, uh, won a championship in Atlantic City, uh, had some cups of coffee in the American League in Bridgeport and Providence, ended up in Augusta, um, you know, 405 season. Uh, that's where I met, uh, well, my ex-wife now, but, you know, started a family and, uh, you know, that's how I ended up in Augusta eventually. Played a few more years after that and uh, in England and actually in Japan. Wow. And then, uh, you know, kind of hung him up and got a big boy job when, uh, <laughs> when I had, you know, my, my, my limit of concussions and every other injury. And, uh, so yeah, I moved back here in spring of 2011 and okay. been doing this adult thing ever since. So, so when you came to Augusta initially in 04, yes, that was the Lynx, correct? It was the Lynx. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I played 15 games for the Augusta Lynx, uh, Hurt my shoulder in about game 10 or 11, but we were like, had a super short roster as it was. They're like, you can, you know, rub some dirt on it, get back out there. And then really hurt it in about game 15, had to have surgery. Uh, So I rehabbed and, and then uh, the day that it was getting pretty late in the season. So the day I got cleared by the orthopedic surgeon, I called the coach. I'm like, Hey, like I'm clear. I think I can make practice. You know, I'm, I'm heading to the rink right now. And he said, no, he's like, go home, pack your bags, got a trade worked out for you. You're going to Trenton. They want you there tonight. So wow. did, a, <laughs> did a U-turn and, and went to lovely Trenton, New Jersey. Uh, I think it was I don't know, sometime in, I don't know, February, March, but it was great. Cause we ended up, you know, I went to uh, a great team. We ended up winning the championship again that year. And so that was fun. So that's very cool. Yep. And you had already kind of started a family here at that yep. time. Uh, well, no, I, I just met my, uh, just met my, uh, uh, yeah, my, my first wife at that point. And, yeah. uh, so yeah, I had it in the works. I had it in the works. So, um, yeah. If, if the, uh, if, <laughs> what a great story. if the barristers would like to commentate, <laughs> feel free to do that. <laughs> so we're getting a lot of, we're getting a lot from the, from the background right now. I'm the pretty peanut happy gallery. The peanut <laughs> gallery. <laughs> Cheap seats. <laughs> <laughs> Cheaps. Hey, these are expensive seats. Yeah. Up. yeah. <laughs> um, I appreciate the opportunity to grab a sip of my whiskey after that, guys. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you played in England, and mm-hmm. then you played in in Japan as well. Yep. yep. Other household hockey names. Yeah. Of course. Um, yeah, I was gonna quit um, after uh, you know, kind of met my my first wife, and um, yeah, but I had a friend. I had well, several friends actually over there that you know, kind of convinced me to, to give it a shot. And, um, one of the reasons is because they have that league over there is really good about getting scholarship, uh, or partnerships with universities. So I was able to go over there and get my MBA, uh, basically for free from Sheffield university, played in Sheffield. Um, and, uh, had just a great experience. We had really good teams and, um, you know, we won championships every year that we were there, which is Sheffield fun. is known for their hockey. Oh, just there's yeah. one thing I know: the House of Steel, the Sheffield <laughs> Steelers, the original Steel Town. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it was it was awesome though. It was uh, you wouldn't think it, but you know, we'd get you know five, six, seven thousand a night, and uh, they treated us like gold. Which over there? Is, which over there fills the barn? Yeah, I bet. I yeah. mean, I'm picturing that at James Brown Arena. That would have that yeah, would have kept was, the links going. It was awesome. I mean, we we absolutely loved it. The the team was good to us, and the city was 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 good to us. And you know, um, did your family move with you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had my kids and in, in pre K over there, and wow. you know, they they uh, my daughter grew up with a little bit of a 
some kind of twisted Yorkshire uh, accent, and my son was his his accent was horrible because he hung around with some Canadians and then Southern folks and then you know people in England and you know I just like hotel was a three syllable word, it's a hotel you know, but but he didn't call them bit you know it was biscuits not cookies you know it was just it was just it was the poor kid it's a wonder he's made it as far as he has. But, but uh yeah, let's give them fun. a shout out before we yeah. before we totally <laughs> bury them <laughs> yeah. But yeah yeah Keeler, what yeah. are their names oh my son's keeler he's 15 and uh my daughter is uh jocelyn she's uh, 14 18 okay. 18 months between them and then i've got a, another uh the, the caboose in the family is little alice little Allie. she's uh a little over two and she's wow. uh she's adorable she's sweet so you she took is. them with you as well to tokyo or to japan Yes. Yeah. At that time it was just, uh, Keeler and Jocelyn and, uh, that was hilarious. We had a, I mean, it was, it was, it was awesome. We, uh, we had them in a pre-K there. Um, and they, uh, the only staff member that spoke in English was an administrator. So they, she didn't even really have anything to do with the kids. Uh, they like cried every day when we dropped them off. Um, but you know, suck it up, buttercups, you know, <laughs> mom needs a break. So, uh, you know, we, we, we put them, put them in the pre-K anyway. And, and, uh, you know, every day we'd pick them up and they'd cry when we picked them up, but you know, we were, we were, we would watch, we would get there and watch them and they're having fun. Like we knew they were fine. Love that. And, uh, but anyways, at the end of the year, they, they had a, uh, well, every day they wrote in a journal and it was all Japanese. We had no idea what it said. It's like, oh, they had a busy day. It's almost a full page. But they, um, we had it translated at the end of the year, and it was really funny because my son, I couldn't get him to speak Japanese with me. You know, I was picking up a little bit, but he, he wouldn't. He just was like, you know, he was probably three or four at the time. Didn't expect much from my daughter because she was, you know, a year and a half when we, maybe two when we got there. But uh, had it translated, and he was like, oh, he's fitting in great. He's eating all the food. He's answering questions in Japanese. He's asking questions in Japanese, just couldn't have fit in any better, which, you know, was great to hear. But, and my daughter was, uh, the opposite. And she's, if you know her, she's, you know, she's very strong willed. And so she ended up, uh, uh, basically giving them English lessons all year. She wouldn't, uh, she was not going to be on anyone else's program. So every time they tried to teach her a Japanese word, she insisted on teaching them the English word for it. And that just was consistent the entire year. It was, Love it was, that. It was really funny. So, and then you guys came back to came, Augusta from Japan? Came back to, well, we missed we missed England. And so after that Japanese season, we went to, My goodness. We went back to England for one more last season. You're a well-traveled so, individual. Yeah, for a little while. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah, we, we, we really liked England. And Japan was great, too. We, the culture was amazing. And, uh, you know, train, team treated us really well. Um, but it was it was hard for, for uh, you know, my wife at the time just because, you know, uh, yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't any other, uh, like families on the team. I was the only, only guy on the team with, you know, old fart on the team with, uh, with wife and kids. Everybody else was single, you know, uh, there's a couple married guys, but they didn't Doing care. So it was just kind of lonely for us. So we went back to England cause it was just so good there and we had so many friends and, and we always won too. That was another thing. We had a, we had a really good team over there and it's always more fun when you're winning. So, yeah. So you're back in Augusta now and yeah. what are you doing? After how many years uh, yeah. of total total hockey? So, well, four years college, nine years in the minors, uh, and now since well, like I'm, my first big boy job was industrial sales. I did that for 
seven or eight years. And then uh, in 2018, I started working at MAI Risk Advisors and we do commercial insurance and surety. And so we, uh, you know, we kind of help uh, businesses, you know, manage risk, transfer risk, finance risk. Um, and uh, it's like know. the complete opposite of what you were. Yeah, doing. complete opposite. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, no, no more broken noses. No more broken noses, <laughs> which is, which is, which is wonderful. After his ENT appointment, that is. Yes, yes, that's true. <laughs> Yeah. Side note, super excited to get my nose fixed. It's going to happen imminently. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, so completely different. Um, I, I kind of, I kind of always joke before my first job, you know, obviously as a hockey player, uh, you're having a bad day. Coach would just kind of be like, dude, like you suck. Like you want to just go out and fight somebody? Cause we could really use that. And I'd be like, yes, please coach. You know, and go <laughs> to just, just fight somebody. Cause man, I suck tonight. I mean, at least, maybe I could at least, you know, getting a scrap, get the boys going. Um, but, uh, you know, HR kind of frowns on that, um, you know, in, in, in real work. So, uh, so, you know, I kind of, kind of miss that when you're having a bad day, you can't just kind of take out the frustrations anymore, but, um, but anyway. well, we'll thank see. you for that. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take this, uh, opportunity. We're going to rotate to Trevor. We've got Trevor, uh, and we've got John still sitting here patiently. We appreciate you and what you're doing right now. If you need a refill, let me know. Yeah, Chris. Chris has made three very beautiful old fashions ah, for these gentlemen. Delicious. It's pretty fantastic. There we go. All right, cool. So, Trevor, you know, <clears throat> let's let's rewind, start the whole thing over with you. You didn't grow up in Augusta either. Where did you grow up? Tell us about that. Uh, I was born and raised in a small town, a lot bigger than Steve's uh, five hundred people, where he grew up in farmland. I call it. Uh, I'm friends with <laughs> I'm friends with a lot of guys from Saskatchewan there. Okay. I'm really not as funny as Steve either. Steve has a real dry sense of humor, if you couldn't tell there. Um, <laughs> but you know, I'll try my best. He's a tough He's a tough act to follow. But grew up in Milton, Ontario, um, till end of fifth grade, and then we moved to a, a larger city, but not really that large. Um, probably about 140,000 people now, called Cambridge, Ontario. It's okay. an hour and a half from where John. John Whitwell, my old defense partner, sitting beside me with the links, uh, grew up. Um, not a whole lot to do there, to be honest. Uh, great people. It'll always be home. Um, but there's not a lot to do. A lot of factories. Hostess, Frito-Lay, Toyota. Um, you know, pretty much like Steve. Uh, just did like, you have a Munns general store? No. My dad was a supervisor of plumbing at the Toronto airport for all three terminals, and my mom was an RN. So, um, wow. you know, and then mom stopped doing that, and then... Uh, you know, uh, I was a little wild, um, still am a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> she decided she, she was a great typer and, uh, you know, she was good at office work and stuff like that, managing an office. So, um, she liked to follow us to middle school, um, which was really fun, you know, go in and see mom sitting there, the head secretary. And then she followed me to high school. And, uh, fortunately for me, I left, <laughs> <laughs> fortunately for me, I left home at 15 to pursue the dream, uh, played junior hockey. I played tier two in Caledon, the Canadians, um, Scott Abbott on the team. Um, he invented trivial pursuit. Uh, so we got wow. treated, we got treated like a national hockey league team. Um, you know, we had, Everything you can think of, great bus, you know, leather jackets. I mean, this is back in the 90s, boys, when you actually wore a leather jacket. That's right. So, you know, people aren't like, what's, what's wrong with this guy? But um, <laughs> And then uh, I got fortunate to play with a guy named Dana Zubris. He played 22 years in the National Hockey League. Uh, total stud, looked like Ivan Drago. I mean, he was like 17, 18. He was just wow. like totally shredded, no body hair. He was a specimen. He could, <laughs> he could do anything he wanted with the puck, like spinoramas, pop it in the air. I mean, this guy was phenomenal. So every single 
NHL um, scout was in the building every night. All the back then there wasn't thirty teams, but just say thirty teams to make it easy like it is now. And okay. every OHL scout, and uh, we had we had nine guys go full Division One scholarship from that team, and uh, three of us get drafted in the top two rounds uh, for the OHL, which is major junior hockey. It's where there's okay. fighting and half visors, and the superstars go right from that level to the NHL. <clears throat> but the rest of us, if we're done, you either go to school in Canada where they pay for it. If you're a high enough pick, um, or you go battle it out in the minors. So a guy like me, uh, you know, I decided I was going to go battle it out, and uh, then played three years. I got drafted 19th overall. Played three years in the OHL, um, one in North Bay, and then two in Oshawa, and some great memories. Just like Steve said, uh, you know, it's like here, you know, your college football is yeah. like a religion. So yeah. growing up, we start skating at three, and uh, you know, that's all we do. Building prodigies. You know, there's, what else is there to do in the snow? You can either ice fish, <laughs> snowmobile. There's a few other things I could mention, which we won't on here. But, uh, you know, pretty much every night after you've done your homework, you're up at the baseball park where they had a, an outdoor rink or you're on a pond. And, I mean, that's just what we do. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it makes the winters a lot, <laughs> not as long. Uh, so, yeah, and then I turned pro at 20 years old. Uh, my rookie year, I was in Biloxi, Mississippi, and I was a call-up up, and that's double-A if you follow baseball. Okay. And then I was a call-up to triple-A up and down. And I was a defenseman my whole life, just like these two guys, not a lot of offense out of Trevor Gillies. But, um, you know, uh, I like the physicality, and uh, <laughs> yeah. that's that's definitely what I thrived in if you do a YouTube search. I'd like so, to uh, take a second to, to encourage everybody that's listening. Go ahead and Google this man, Trevor Gillies, G-I-L-L-I-E-S, and look at a picture of him in his prime, and go ahead and just be terrified as you listen to the rest of this. <laughs> the, the mustache. The mustache. So now when I'm now when I'm dealing with clients, uh, sometimes people like Steve kind of blow my cover because I don't like really bringing up what I used to do, you know, yeah. especially when it's a you know, female client or a female business owner. And, and they'll be like, oh, Steve told us what you used to do. I looked you up. And <laughs> fortunately, this one client I have absolutely loves it. But, um, you know, I try not to bring that up. But, uh, you know, well, we, we, all have a we all have a job. No, I'm glad you did. We I'm, I'm, I'm glad you did. But I mean, it's my life. I'm, I do miss that battle. There's the purest form of competition is a, is a fight with a guy much bigger than me. And I'm not a small guy. So, um, you know, but I was I was undersized for for a heavyweight. Yeah. And um, he's literally sitting in the shortest chair we have. And, and he's still he has <laughs> no problem reaching the mic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, my first year I played in Biloxi, Mississippi, really yeah. cool place, about an hour from New Orleans, two yeah. and a half hours from the beautiful beaches in Pensacola, and was a call up to good old Lowell, Mass. Uh, anyone here living in Augusta that's from Lowell, I, I apologize because that place is a dump. <laughs> and it's the worst place I ever played in, in, -year pro, in a pro career. In a 19-year pro career, I'm sorry. It's it's it has the best ice in hockey at the Songus Arena, and then uh, besides that, there ain't much else there. Um, and then my second year, I played in Greensboro, North Carolina, was okay. a call up again to AAA, up and down kind of deal. And then my third year, I came to Augusta, and uh, my mother-in-law used to run the team. She did corporate sales and marketing. She did ran the office, and so she brought in all the money. Like you know, you guys would be on the Dasher board, like your podcast and you could have a commercial and all that, all that corporate money is what yeah. makes minor league teams survive. Hence, if you go to a green jackets game, you see right. all the advertisement. Right. And, um, you know, when she was doing that role, uh, the team sold out every night and, uh, this was a phenomenal place to play and just fell in love with the city. And 
I was told by one of our teammates who lives here locally, Wes Swinson, uh, he's kind of a hermit, so he stays at home. But uh, we, next time, maybe we'll try I to bring him. I still haven't met Wes Swinson. <laughs> but Swinner's a great guy, and he literally told me, it. he goes, I see my mother-in-law in the corner. This is a wild story. And uh, I literally... I'm going to say it anyways. So pe- <laughs> people need to know. So I see my mother-in-law in the corner and my mother is a very attractive woman. And, um, she'll love that. I said that because it's the truth. And so I literally go to Swinner. He's behind me. We're getting, we call it a bag skate. It's a conditioning skate. And, uh, I go, who's that? And, uh, he goes, Oh, that's Miss Sue. Blah, blah, blah. She runs the, you know, the team and does corporate sales and we get our paychecks from her. I'm like, I know who Miss Sue is, but I'm like, who's the one that's 25 years younger that looks just like her beside her? He goes, oh, that's her daughter. He goes, you have no shot, big guy. She hates hockey, and she hates hockey players. And then, uh, you know, I, I like a challenge. So <laughs> three and a half weeks later, we were dating, and uh, we just approached uh, 15 years married and 20 years together. So congratulations. Love, thank you. Yeah. Love, love Augusta. It's, uh, compared to where we're from, this is heaven, you know, Great weather, great golf, great fishing, great hunting, and uh, cost of living is incredible here. Um, the only thing it's missing now is a hockey team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe yes. we'll get to that no, later. We need to get to that, yeah. Yes. Um, but that wasn't your whole career. Oh, I skipped a lot of stuff. I, I was like a suitcase. I, I was what you call a gun for hire. So <laughs> if I never got called up, uh, you know, my whole dream was to, you know, obviously my, my first love was hockey, right? Yeah. And then I fell in love with a girl with a kid. And I have a son named Phoenix. He's my stepson. And he has a phenomenal dad. So the rule was, the deal was, um, you know, if you don't mess with my dream, then I promise I'll always come back to Gusta. I'll fly your kid home, all that good stuff. So, um, you know, got has been home so mm-hmm. I came here in 01 with John okay. he was already a legend here he played here for forever and uh, we were actually defense partners so we didn't get a lot of points together obviously he had to pass me the puck uh, <laughs> he had to pass me the puck on a 45 a D to D you know if I didn't have a play back to John or up the wall uh, you know tape to tape in the middle it was pretty basic hockey we were pretty much out there to shut down the stars and and lean on them and wear them down and, and be real physical and um the, you know, it used to be called the Civic Center, but uh, yeah. now James Brown Arena was a phenomenal place to play when you're built like me and John. Uh, look <laughs> at the hands on the guy. Like, I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, when he shook my hand, I mean, I got I don't really get dwarfed by many guys, but we, we weren't out there. We weren't playing. Um, and we had a really tough team. We had like probably six guys that could legit bang and we had a lot of skill. And Jim Burton was a phenomenal coach. And we really underachieved, to be honest. I mean, on paper, we were probably the best team in the league, but uh, we didn't really go so far, right, John? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, there's so many stops. You'd have to ask me. I mean, I was a gun for hire. So we'll I'd, talk for a second about, you know, if you look, if, if somebody had looked you up, they would have seen you in an Islanders jersey. So will you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, after uh, a very long battle in the minors, um, Lots of wars. I wasn't getting paid to score goals. I, don't, I didn't even have a goal in Augusta in 46 games, but I was leading the league in penalty minutes and fights at the time I got traded. <laughs> so I wasn't, I wasn't confused. I wasn't one of these guys that was confused. Like, I knew what was going to get me to the dance, right? And I was told at a young age, at 15, like, hey, kid, do you like it? And I was like, I love it, coach. And, What's uh, that movie? Uh, the guy Goon? that plays... St- Goon, yes. yeah. Yeah, I actually know the guy that the movie's... Um, 
you know, built after or whatever. Really? Yeah, his name's Doug the Thug Smith. He used to train like Colt Noor, myself, uh, Steve McIntyre, Dennis Bonvey, PJ Stott. I mean, there's like oh, the who's who of hockey fighters. He's yeah. he's a Boston cop, great guy. There's a book on him that's better than the movie. And the movie is, you know, based on true events, yeah. uh, life events, but it's built to be a comedy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I met him in Providence. He was the fight coach for the Boston Bruins AAA team. Great guy. The fight coach. I love that. Yeah, sentence. I mean, they, li- they literally would take the Jumbotron down and had a heavy bag. And while we're on our skates and on your edges, you're working on combinations. I, didn't wow. I don't even realize it, but I think I worked with him when I was in Providence. Yeah, he's phenomenal. But uh, and he really knew his stuff. Okay. Um. The, but the 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 movies are like legit true. I mean, he couldn't skate. They kind of recruited him like that, and he went out and you know he could he could smash some skulls. So, uh, <laughs> and he made it to the AAA level. Uh, so you know it's it's based on you know his his life story, which yeah. is pretty cool. Which it sounds like it was very competitive to do that. Yeah, so to get back, yeah, he is, but to get to the NHL, yeah. uh, you know, I got called up my first NHL game at a, at a young age and um, to fight the champ, and so I got knocked out um, by Derek Bugard. He's not with us anymore. He had an accidental painkiller and booze overdose, but, you know, rest in peace and, um, you know, best wishes to his family is uh, kind of a sad deal, but um, he everyone needed a nuclear weapon because this guy was like 6'8", 285. So I, could t- I couldn't tell you if the punch was hard, to be honest. Um, it was like going to your favorite restaurant in town, Cork and Flames, one I like, whatever, yeah. Abel Brown, and ordering the best filet on the, on the menu and having, you know, hot butter with a steak knife, and it just goes right through. You don't even need to cut it. That's how perfect the shot was. Uh, I lost a couple minutes of my life and, um, you know, went, went into the dressing room, put some uh, ice on my neck and my face from the cold tub, and... Take the sniffer. By the time the doctors come down, concussion protocol was pretty lax back then. So, uh, you know, I could walk, I could talk, I could do the tap in the nose, you know, the count. And they make you do all these tests. Yeah. And uh, then I went back out and tried to fight him again. And, and fortunate for me, he didn't because I probably would have ended my career. Because your adrenaline's going, right? So yeah, right. Uh, you don't realize you got a concussion until, like, uh, the next day when, when you come down off that high. Um, so then I went back down to the minors and in the AHL, AAA, and uh, was the high-paid babysitter, I call it, you know, protecting the investment, the skilled players, and mm-hmm. and it really, you know, thrived in that role, and that was my job, and I uh, loved it and played on many good teams and, and some awful ones too, but uh, got, got the call at 31 um, on my 31st birthday, hopped on a luxury train to Philadelphia and, and had a great game, played the most in that game that I ever played in the NHL. I, if you look at my minutes, it's not like I was playing a lot of minutes. Uh, <laughs> and I uh, got fortunate enough and blessed to, you know, stay for a year and a half, two years. Um, and it was the best time of my life. And, uh, yeah, man, it was a blast. The whole ride was a blast, but most guys, when they make it to that level, they decide, uh, if they get sent down, they're done. Um, that isn't my mentality. I'm all about, uh, NFQ people can figure out the F, but, uh, it's pretty much never quit. Yeah. And so I just love the game um, and stayed in it for as long as possible. Pretty much. I, I shouldn't have played the last couple of years because I was in pain every stride, but uh, it's the best job on the planet. Yeah. So, it sounds uh, like you're really passionate about it. Yeah. I played till I was 40. I mean, I, I got to play in Charleston. So my son got to come in the dressing room after every win at every level. 
um, in the NHL. Whenever yeah. we win, he'd come in. He was a big part of it. Big part of it. And my daughter, you know, she she doesn't remember all that stuff what dad did. So I always said, like, if I can still play, like, I'm going to play close to home. And if we had a team in Augusta, I would have picked Augusta. Um, obviously, it's a mm-hmm. blast blast fighting at center ice in that barn. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and the Southerners here truly love it. Oh, <laughs> the, yeah. the fisticuffs. Oh, so, absolutely. Um, that's that why I be, went. Yeah, that's, that's why I went. Oh to yeah, see and I was and I was one of those you know meats that uh, was raising the roof after fights down there and hooping it up, which is you're not really supposed to do, but uh, you know it's all fun. And it's all for the fans. It, it fills <laughs> the, right. it fills the uh, arena. So um, no, I decided. Seats, Trevor. We're uh, in the bums and seats business. That's right, we're brother. Bums and seats. That's right. So I decided I was going to play in Charleston. I played for Miss Anita Zucker. She's a huge philanthropist and, um, you know, had a great time there. We were first place every year, first or second, made it to the semis one year, and uh, we made it to the finals another. And um, unfortunately didn't get to win that trophy that, you know, Steve has a couple of. Like I was going for that ring, you know. Right. And got to play golf, Key Island, and free golf. Solid. Red fishing and best restaurants on the planet. The place is absolute heaven. I love Charleston. It's my favorite city in America. So my daughter got to, you know, watch her dad play as an old man. I was the oldest guy in the league <laughs> until uh, Sam Fatorik came back at 43. <laughs> what? Sa- Sam Fatorik came back at oh, 43. Gosh. I was 39 and a half, and I was a fossil. I mean, some of these ki- <laughs> these, ki- these kids are like, Let the kids play. I'm playing with a guy like 96s. I mean, my son was born in 2000. I'm born in 79. So, I mean, I could have almost, I'm only a few years away from playing with my kid. <laughs> but no, it was a blast, man. It was a, it was a great ride and, and uh, just truly thankful for, for the opportunity by the big, guy, the big guy. So so what do you do now in Augusta? I work for a big nationwide credit card processing company called Merchant Pro Express, now Card Connect, that guarantees savings or we'll pay them 1000 uh, Locally, I have about 60, just over 60 clients. But I have a client as far as Jackson Hole, Wyoming, Seattle, Washington, Florida, Charleston, North Carolina, kind of all over. Any business that takes credit cards, we guarantee savings. And <clears throat> I, I truly love it because it's an industry that drastically overcharges. And, um, you know, we believe in providing, you know, the personal touch not found in our industry. They, they're never going to call another country or 1-800 number. They deal with me and my team directly, have our cell phones. And it's, it's more of a relationship and... Um, you know, just was very fortunate to get a great, um, local car group here today. We won't mention it until it, uh, obviously gets approved, yeah. but, um, so I'm sorry I was a little late boys. I, I, I'm always really early. I'd get to the rink like three hours before the game when you only had to be there two hours before. So now it's going great, man. Well, um, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. And I, I know that you are <clears throat> definitely involved in the city cause I see you at, at, I see you almost everywhere I go when I go to networking. Well, stuff that means you're a cool cat and you like to go to cool places. Cause I, I'm not going, to, I'm not going to cool places. That, I'm not going to places that aren't cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome. And, and we now have the distinct pleasure of Mr. John Whitwell. Let's uh, roll this microphone over and uh, let's trade headsets real quick. If you don't mind. And we'll be right back with that third part of the story, as well as catching up with what they're doing now. But first, here's a quick message from one of our great community friends. The city of Augusta has a lot of really good places to grab a cold beer. But my favorite place to go is Savannah River Brewing Company. They make incredible beer. They have an awesome atmosphere. I also love to take my wife there. We like to play a simple game of Bananagrams where I always usually beat her. And Savannah River Brewing Company has food. You can get some pretzels. They've got it all. 
especially Incredible Cold Beer. Check them out on Facebook. Check them out on Instagram to stay updated with what they are doing at their brewery in their tap room. Savannah River Brewing Company. So, uh, John, you know, we've kind of gone through the backstory with, with Stephen Trevor. You know, take us through. You know, you didn't grow up in Augusta either. Tell us, tell us that story. All right. Um, I like to tell people I'm a good old Southern boy. I'm just from South Canada. <laughs> I, I grew up in Niagara Falls, Ontario, uh, like Trevor said, about an hour and a half from where he grew up, uh, right on the border of the house I grew up in as the crow flies less than two miles from the river. Niagara River, where wow. you know the border is, just like Augusta and North Augusta in South Carolina. You know we're Niagara Falls, Ontario, Niagara Falls, New York, just separated by a river. Yeah. Um, so I grew up there. Uh, like these guys were talking about, we had a rink in our backyard in the winter. Um, a, or pond a, or a pond or a rink? Yeah, yeah. We had a pond in our backyard, <laughs> and um, you know my birthday is you know beginning of December, so every year from you know the end of November around my birthday time until probably mid-March, we yeah. had ice in that pond. And, you know, we come home from school and we do our homework as fast as we could and we go out on the ice until we were told to come in and take a bath and go to bed. And that, that was our childhood. And we played road hockey in the months where there was no ice in the I used to play road hockey. You yeah, get, you get hurt playing road hockey. Yeah, you yeah. do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can hurt people, too. <laughs> yeah car pick up the net move to the side of the road <laughs> car goes by put net back game on yeah yeah get back out there and play but uh we we did that literally every day we'd have kids from the neighborhood just call each other and you know where are we playing today who's bringing the nets and uh yeah it's just the way of life back in canada we loved it i'm curious you said that uh it's like two miles from the river that separates basically canada from america mm-hmm did you ever like? Did you ever go over the the border and and visit New York and visit yep. the states? Yep, all the time. Um, like That's we so cool. we go over for you know gas is a lot cheaper in the U.S. than it is in Canada, and we go That's over true. get groceries and fill the car up with gas and come come back, and we did it all the time. We we're probably over there. I don't know, once every couple of weeks. That's like us driving to South Carolina yep. to get gas. Not We're right driving now. to a different country. No, not right now. Not right now. Not it's right. basically yeah. the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, you know, back then you didn't need a passport to cross the border. It was just where you, where do you live? Niagara Falls, Ontario. Where are you going? Over to, you know, get some gas and some groceries. <laughs> okay. Have a good time. You know, and now you have to have a passport to cross the border. Right. Um, so it's a little bit, little bit different nowadays. But, um, yeah, we were over there all the time. So. Um, much like Steve did, I went to, to college in the States. I went to Hamilton College in upstate New York on a okay. hockey scholarship. And, you know, I was also fortunate enough to, to walk on the golf team in college. So I played both hockey and golf. And <laughs> yeah, you mentioned earlier that, that you, uh, you had a golf experience um, when you were younger. Tell us about that real quick. Yeah, it, it was pretty cool. First time I was on an airplane, I was 17, and I, I flew out to um, Vancouver uh, by myself and uh, qualified for the Canadian Junior Golf Tournament there, and it was in Nanaimo, which is on Vancouver Island. So, um, you know, my parents really couldn't afford uh, anyone to go with me, so they sent me out by myself, and uh, it was a pretty cool experience. And that year, I think I finished 12th in Ontario. That qualified me for the the Canadian juniors and uh, I was able to play on uh, Ontario Quebec junior matches team that year. It was, it was pretty cool. I had a good so experience. you're a two sport guy. Yeah. Sometimes. 
Depends on the day. <laughs> uh, golf's always good, good been a pickleball player too. I hear. Oh, yeah. That's a, that sounds like an inside joke to me. Um, I I really want to pursue the golf question, but we won't do it because today's hockey talk. Maybe we'll have you back. Um, right. So hockey, you went to school in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of take it take us from there. So uh, after I after I graduated. Um, I had a, a couple opportunities to come to the East Coast League. One was in, here in Augusta, and another one is in Richmond, Virginia. And um, I think I chose wisely. Ended up coming to Augusta, yeah. and so I came down here in 1998. The that was the first year the Lynx were here, and I had a, a great training camp and and made the team that first year and played in game number one, October 15th, 1998. The OG Lynx. The, the, the OG Lynx. Yeah, I got a. Had the assist on the first goal in Lynx history. I made a breakout pass to Darren Colburn. He skated down the ice, took a slap shot, and that was the first goal in Lynx history. And um, ended up, funny story, you know, like like these guys, we, we were not goal scorers or, or uh, we didn't get a lot of points. And that, that first game, I had three assists. That was the game's third star. And we had 72 games that season, and I ended up with 13 points. So I got three in game one, and I got 10 over the next wow. 71. <laughs> I think I gave the wrong impression after that first game. But. I, I've got to ask, what made you choose Augusta over that other option? Uh, the obvious reason, golf. Okay. Oh, okay. There it is. Yep. yep. Um, no, but I, I've been, like I said, I, I have not left here since I moved here in 98, and I, I love the town, and... Love the city, and so basically, it's done a lot for me. Your hockey career was was playing in Augusta. Yep, yep. I, uh, I I had a couple opportunities to go different places, but I really just I, I loved it here, and I didn't want to. Um, no offense, to you guys, but I didn't want to be like bouncing around and trying. You know, I obviously wanted to make it to the next level, which I never had the opportunity to do. But I didn't want to be. 30 years old and starting at the bottom of a next career. So my, my original plan was to play one, two years at the most. And if I didn't move up, I'd you know, move on in, in my next career. And um, I met met my um, now ex-wife there my second season playing, and she was starting nursing school. So I played two more years while she was in nursing school. And once she graduated, we were going to you know, moved to Boston where she's originally from or New York City where I could, you know, work in finance and she was a nurse and she could work anywhere basically too. So, and after that fourth season, the the more we thought about it, the more it made sense just to stay here. It's a great city, great place to raise a family. The cost of living is fantastic, like Trevor had said earlier. So we ended up just staying here and um, haven't regretted it at all. So you have, it sounds like the shortest hockey career out of the three of you. Yes. Okay, so you retired in what, 98, 99, 2002, 2003, something like that? Yeah, my, my last year playing was 0102. And, okay. you know, with, with being a Canadian, I, I didn't have a work visa. So I ended up being an assistant coach that next year. Um, Jim Burton had hired me after I stopped playing to be the assistant coach that following season. And, um, and then in the meantime, I, I, um, I got married and then I was able to get my green card and was able to do anything after that. But, gotcha. And uh, so, an interesting story though. I, I did have a, a comeback one year in uh, was it two thousand five. Um, I, I was working, you know what I do now. I'm a financial advisor, and uh, I got a call from Rob Mueller, who was the GM at the time with the Lynx, and 
it was right around Thanksgiving, and he and he, he said, "Hey, do you want to play with us this weekend?" And I just started <laughs> laughing at him because, you know, I hadn't played in almost four years, and he said, "No, seriously, we we need you to play. We've had they they messed up paperwork with the immigration so that." All the Canadian players couldn't play with the Lynx, so they had nine guys that were ineligible to play. So um, I ended up playing on, on Thanksgiving Day up in Gwinnett and uh, <laughs> had been, just been playing beer league for a few years, you know, so the, <laughs> the level of intensity is slightly but different. You're probably very good at beer league. Uh, well, Top of the charts. <laughs> in Augusta, maybe. <laughs> I don't know about anywhere else, but... Um, no, it, it was fun, you know, and I hadn't hadn't hit anybody in a few years, so I just like the the light switch goes, and you know you just start hitting everybody that you can, and I was loving it, and then the uh, the cramping set in, and my legs my <laughs> legs were seizing up, and the the third period comes around, I didn't see the ice a whole lot that third period because I didn't have the wind anymore, but uh, <laughs> um. Funny, funny story about that is, is I was not a goal scorer by any means, but I was pretty good in the shootouts when when it got into the you know tie game and all that. And, yeah. Um, Break that down real quick to anybody that doesn't watch hockey. What what's the what's the shootout? What goes on? So it, it, if you watch NHL right now in in regular season after the game, if it's tied, they play a five minute overtime. If it's still tied, they go into shootouts one on one, one player against the goalie. Puck goes at center ice. He picks it up, skates down, you know, shooting. So it's like yeah. a PK in soccer, but, but with it, yes. way more action. Yes, PK in so- soccer would be a, a great analogy. Um, so that game in Gwinnett goes into overtime, and then it goes into a shootout. And the coach at the time um, coached against me, and he, he leaned down. He says, um, Bob Ferguson, his name was, and he leans down. He says, hey, I heard you're pretty good in these shootouts. I said, well, not too bad. So well, if it, goes, if it goes extra shooters, you're going. I'm like, all right. So sure enough, it went extra shooters, and I get out there, and I'm, you know, by myself at center ice, and my legs are just cramping, and I'm skating down the ice. I pick up puck. I'm like, don't fall. Don't fall. And I go down, I score, and then, a, um, you know, our goalie makes a save, so I ended up getting the game-winning goal that game. So it was kind of, kind of funny. So I ended up, I ended up playing, I think, 10 or 11 games that season. Um, so you have the most goals out of anyone in this room. Is that is that safe to say? Probably. It's probably got maybe. Maybe. Probably. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's an efficient career you have. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so the I got I got to tell this since we're telling shootout stories. Go ahead. Uh, in junior, we had uh, we had a shootout go like to like thirteen, fourteen skaters, <laughs> and it's like, you know, I'm, I kept looking at the coach. I'm like. <laughs> is it my time? <laughs> no, not yet. Okay, next one though, right? And it's, and finally he just, you know, got tired of me giving him the stink eye, you know, with this puppy dog eyes, you know, like please put me in. He's like, Munner, you sit. The, what do you say? The the backup goalie's gonna shoot before you. All right, buddy, just sit down. <laughs> so, it's like, ah, that hurt. It hurt. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that's good. Uh, never got close to a shootout. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was, uh, I don't know, it was 14 for 15 or 15 for 16. Wow. So, yeah. That's crazy. Intimidating like guy. Low blocker, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Low blocker tough guy. Low blocker every time. Low blocker. Tough guy shot, baby. Yep. Yeah. I'd come down, I'd be looking at high glove, and I'd shoot low blocker every single time. 
But back then, you know, the goalies didn't have the the video scouting. Yeah, they're not <laughs> watching tape on the yeah, defender not, not in the minor six. Not in the minor leagues. <laughs> I played a lot of golf with Judd Lambert was our goalie. Okay. Um, he and I were were best friends as we played together, and he always said that was the hardest shot for him to save that low blocker. If you can get it over the pad, you know, the only way he can really save it is with the shaft of the stick. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. where the the goalie's holding the the stick <clears throat> in his blocker hand, and uh, so I would do it in practice and. You know, I, I never, like like mine, I never sniffed the shootout my first two years playing, but my last two years I was the first shooter every time. Cause <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> the ringer. Yeah. So when you when you retired, what is it that you retired to do? Um, I'm a financial advisor. I, I work at Merrill Lynch. Um, I've been doing that for 16-plus years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all of you guys are kind of in that financial that financial industry is there is there like a network that that helps athletes do that is that just convenient i'm i'm just curious how does that how does that happen how does that work when you retire and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do next uh well for me it, uh, my, and any uh, of you can my, answer my degree was in i was an economics major um, okay. had a minor in mathematics so numbers were always you know natural to me yeah and uh so my, my plan when when I was in college, you know, I was going to go down to New York City and, and work on Wall Street. And, right. um, you know, through all my interviewing process, um, everybody that works on trading floors and, and Wall Street played some some form of, of uh, collegiate athletics, you know, really football, lacrosse, hockey. And um, everybody was telling me, like, if you have a chance to play, go play. You're going to be working the rest of your life. So I kind of heeded that advice, and that's why I ended up, you know, trying to to, to play professional hockey, and it, it was fantastic. I, I wouldn't have traded it for anything, but that's how I ended up in the in the financial world because that was kind of okay. the, the path I was going down okay. through college. What about you guys, Steve, Trevor? How did how did you guys end up in in that? Well, to be honest with you, I didn't even know credit what credit card processing was. Uh, I was just chasing the carrot and the puck. Uh, I didn't have the puck on my stick too much. I was chasing bodies and and hitting them as hard as I could. And if someone wanted to go, we went. But um, my uh, my captain's brother had to retire a little earlier. They're twins. They went to Cornell. Um, the sister wow. as well uh, went to Union on a full scholarship. Hockey family. They're great people. They're from Situate, Mass. And uh, we went up there and played against Manchester, New Hampshire. And we'd go have dinner at their place. I came real, became real close with the family. The mom and dad are awesome. Dad's a cop. Um, anyway, they, uh, they told... The dad told the, the one son, Mike, said, you have to introduce Trevor to Joe Doyle, who's my boss. He's managing partner with our firm. And I uh, went down, did training, learned all about it. And, um, you know, it's one of those jobs you, you don't get a salary, you don't get benefits. It's, right. uh, you need to know a lot of people and do what you say you're going to do. And, um, you know, my first week on the job, I, I landed a, a client here locally and then another one in Washington State and just kind of kept on it so uh you know to be honest i didn't even know when someone pulled out a credit card that the business owners were getting charged like i had no idea i was i was so pot committed i call it i was so focused on on what i was doing that um you know it's 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 something that i just kind of fell into to be honest i thought i was going to be a scout or a coach or an agent Mm -hmm. i was going to stay in the game because that's all i've ever known Mm -hmm. um but you know it's it's nice to be home and be a part of my kids uh everyday lives and you know, I love Augusta just like these guys. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't have stayed here if I didn't love it. So truly love it here. And, 
um, you know, and, and now I get to help lots of local clients. So it's great. Okay. What yeah. about you, Steve? Good question. Um, Thank so you. I was doing industrial sales after, uh, for the first few years after I played hockey and, um, you know, our agency, uh, you know, that I'm with now, we've got a lot of like blue collar contractors, gritty industrial construction business. And that's kind of the, the client I was originally selling to. And, you know, I mean, Trevor's probably heard me say it this a bunch of times, but we're always going after workers, widgets and wheels. Right. <laughs> so, um, that's, that's what we're good at. So right? you related to the, to the people that you work for now yeah, or that yeah. you work with now. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, um, yeah, love, love, you know, love, love working with the, the, the small business. Well, not, not so much small, but medium size, <laughs> small and medium sized businesses. Uh, yeah. you know, we don't work with a lot of, uh, you know, kind of main street stuff in Augusta. It's kind of more complex stuff. And, um, but yeah, that's, that's where we're, we're best is when we can kind of bring some, some value on all that stuff. And, okay. um, but yeah, uh, we, uh, I don't know. It wasn't something that I was necessarily looking to do, but they came to me and, um, you know, really liked what they had to say. I love, love, love the team that we've got. It's been good. So. Okay. And we'll be right back to talk about the current state of hockey in Augusta and potentially even the future state of hockey in Augusta. But first, we're going to talk about one of our great friends in the community, the clubhouse at the Cyber Center. And of course, their website as you know, it's going to be theclubhouse.se. You can find out about a lot of the things that the clubhouse has going on. But right now, I want to take this opportunity to speak about a program that the clubhouse puts on, and that's called the Make Startups program. They're going to be graduating their first class in Augusta very soon. And what this program is, it's, it's a class for entrepreneurs to learn how to build their business from the ground up. Uh, it's any different type of entrepreneur. So when you think of startup, you can think of a lot of things, but really at the end of the day, these are just local businesses creating jobs in the community. Uh, we highly encourage if you are a local business or if you're thinking about starting a new business, whether you want to grow it to be millions and billions of dollars or whether you just really need some help creating that fundamental foundation, check them out. See how you can get involved. Their website is makestartups.com. Well, now we've... We've kind of done a background for each of you. I, th I think it's really cool not only to hear about you guys playing like such having such diverse backgrounds and then all kind of making the choice and ending up here, but also to hear you guys talk about the other hockey players that that are here that are in this area even to this day. Um, I'm at this point, we're kind of opening the questioning up. So if you want to answer the questions, you know, just go ahead and do so. But what's the hockey community like in Augusta in 2021? Hmm. Trevor grabs the mic. Well, we got about seven of us, I believe, that have retired here. Okay. Um, whether we, they're still married or who divorced. are the other four? We, we could ice a pretty good team. We, we could, could ice a solid team. So <laughs> you know, we'll talk about the Dusty. we'll talk about the ex pros first. Okay. Um, you know, it's obviously you got us three: John Will, Steve Munn, and myself, Trevor Gillies, and then you got Wes Swinson, um, Saul. He, Jason, um, Saul. Jason Saul is a Hall of Famer for the AA level, which is the Lynx level okay. um, for the East Coast Hockey League. He's got a ring. He was an amazing goaltender. Uh, I never played against, uh, with him, but I played against him. 
Um, then it went up, but uh, then we got Matt Offrey, um, stud player. He's by far the best out of all of us. Um, big boy, yeah. big boy can fight. Great hands. He's yeah. he's built like me. He's uh, like all of us. He's a big big boy, but he's got soft hands like a little guy. Um, you got Louis Goulet in town. Um, who else? Anyone else? I think that's about it. Wes Swinson, Wes Swinson was a great player. Yeah. Um, big shot, kind of big, tough, physical guy, defenseman. Um, played on the <clears> World <throat> Juniors in Canada. I won a won a gold medal. Todd Harvey and some of those boys. Todd Harvey's from my team. He's he's a really good player. Um, but but the thing that is so sad is that we lost hockey and we lost our training facility over there off of Wheeler Road, which is now a trampoline park. Yeah. There was just so many good young kids that were really talented. Like I could yeah. name a ton of them. Like I used to, we used to all train these kids. We, I had a hockey school. They coached, uh, you know, Cody Durwalker, Drew Slayton, Kenny Coleman. I mean, there's a, there's a huge yeah. list of guys that were, Less. that were good and moved away from home to play. The last oh, yeah. time I played in Columbia was a couple of weeks ago, and there's a young man, uh, Marcus Ginger, that was out there oh, skating. He's, he's, he's playing college hockey in, in uh, from here? North Dakota. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's a, a good player. Grovetown kid. Great hands. Um, like, fantastically skilled player. He's still playing. Uh, a kid that um, John and I coached, um, you know, he, he was about the same age as our kids when we still had a rink in Augusta. His name's Carl Blevins. He's, he's going to be playing junior hockey somewhere right now. He's, he's getting recruited. Uh, you know, like like Mad right now, he's going to different showcases and stuff, and, and it's just you know, there's there's kids from Augusta that are still playing hockey, uh, uh, in spite of in spite of the odds. So, so you got a, you got about a, what eighty eight mile drive to Irmo, the closest ice rink where wow. we we go beer league it up once in a while. These guys brought me out this past year. I hadn't skated with my equipment on since the the pretty much my last game when I got a concussion from hitting defibrillator was hit. nearby. We, yeah, like I literally <laughs> thought I was going to have a heart attack. We got to set up a video camera next <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, that. it was it was really uh humbling uh, yeah. how fast you can lose it. Um and they would be looking at me and I, I needed an oxygen tank. I mean, I was like <laughs> I was in trouble. I was redlined. I mean, I was like it was bad. It was really bad. But there's another girl I want to give a shout out to. I think she might be done college now. Um, but she was my favorite to train. I trained Kenny Coleman and Drew Slayton for years. Um, Mr. Coleman owns Coleman Construction here gotcha. locally. Um, but there's a girl named Jennifer Meyer. She's mm. a female yes. athlete, and uh, she ended up getting a full scholarship, like Division two or three, uh, which is really, really cool, you know, f- to be on the map for these kids, like to, to do something with hockey out of Augusta because it's, it's not a highly scouted area. You know, people are coming here to scout the football, the baseball, the basketball. So, so uh, Jennifer actually uh, – Talked to her old man recently. Um, our, our daughters were playing lacrosse together. George is a beauty. I love George. Great guy. But uh, Jennifer actually switched schools. She's transferred to a school in Florida. Uh, and she played the last two years with the boys. She played full contact. That's wow. Right. Uh, with with the boys, and she she fit in just fine. <laughs> girls are badass. Girls, I love Jennifer. Girls are the best to coach, man. They're like sponges. They're like sponges. Yeah. I mean, they honestly, like out of all the hockey schools I've done all over North America, the girls are always, they, they learn the fastest. They, I mean, sorry to us guys, but they're just <laughs> it is very, it is. They're very coachable. Um, female athletes are a pleasure to coach. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back to talk about the future of hockey in Augusta, as well as dropping the disc with these three Canadian gentlemen. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Augusta Podcasts. If you or anyone you know 
is looking to build a brand, create awareness, or just create an entertaining uh, show, Augusta Podcast is a great place to start. Check out the show that is just being launched, The Changemaker from Deke Copenhaver, and you'll see another show launched very soon. We are really excited to see this culture of communication and owning and creating. We're really excited to see this growing in Augusta. If you want to learn more about Augusta Podcast, check us out there. It's AugustaPodcasts.com. So we're, we're kind of missing, we haven't talked about the Riverhawks at all. We haven't mm-hmm. talked about that trans transfer of teams, ownership, and whatnot. Yeah. Were y'all part of the Riverhawks? Or and for those of you at home, this is that was the Lynx. For technically, like, for like a year, yeah. they didn't I, last extremely long. I, I think they were here three seasons. Three seasons. Um, they they were a level uh, below the Lynx. I, I wasn't officially involved with them, but I helped them out a lot. Okay. I would help them in training camp. And, um, you know, looking at players, evaluating players, things like that. And, and Steve and I, I think we, we skated one, one training camp yeah, when they needed some the, guys, right? The uh, prospect camps. Yeah. yeah. That was so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> We'd go out there and skate, and it was fun to hit, hit people again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we, we weren't with them in any official capacity, but yeah. we, we did help them out quite a bit. And we okay. were friends with you, the You and I were color manager. guys with Kenny Vezina. Yeah. We, we did the radio broadcast yeah. here and there. Well, we um, both have faces for radio, so it, it works yeah. out pretty well. That's true sorry about that uh yeah my buddy matt offrey he's in um real estate it was summer house realty in town he also uh does Shout ac out. yep he's a great guy um if you want your ac done right and for a real pr- good price you need to call matt offrey <laughs> <laughs> he's, his, his, uh, i was gonna say no free ads but i like that so and his sister's dj emeg Oh, what? we have her on the show. Yeah, yeah, she's awesome. That's she's, she's, she's the, yeah, yeah, she's the only female DJ in town. Yeah, yeah. she's great. Um, but anyway, Matt was a phenomenal player, uh, pretty good draft pick of um, Anaheim Ducks, and, um, you know, made this home as well. But he was the captain of the Lynx, and then when it switched over to Riverhawks, okay. he was the captain. But, um, yeah, I don't know the whole story there, yeah. but I know our old owners, the Gillespies, when me and John played, were phenomenal. Um, and, you know, it was just a blast playing here. So let me pose you guys this question as we kind of wind this down. Um, You know, right now there's no hockey in Augusta, but we've kind of told all these really cool stories about when there was and and how fun things were and and how there's a community of hockey people in the city. Is anything being done right now to change the fact that there's no hockey in Augusta? Is there anything that you guys want to talk to us about in that regard? Yeah. um, So just kind of, Touch and back on that way you said. How can we help? You know, year number one, like you had mentioned earlier, you know, we, we sold out the the Civic Center, James Brown Arena. Yeah, we I think it held 6,600 for hockey. You know, we averaged over 6,000 that first year. So it was awesome. So that's like the champion, the championship team Steve played for in England. Right. You know, that yeah. the, the arena capacity wasn't that big, but when it was yeah. full, it was fantastic yeah. it was loud it was so much fun to play in well now you know with the the development of the new james brown arena and all that we've um you know we're, we're trying to have the the coliseum authority incorporate the the ability to make ice you know as they're constructing the building they need to implement different things like the um the refrigeration process that's actually built into the floor yeah of, of the arena. So, 
Um, we, we've been in contact with a couple different ownership groups that are very interested in bringing a team back here. If the James Brown arena has, you know, the capability right. of ice. So we're, we're in a little bit of a tight window right now, but, um, you know, there, there's a big interest uh, of people that want to bring hockey back here. The, the demographics of the city have changed too over the years. Um, you know, with the, the growth of the fort. Uh, and a lot of a lot of people from the north kind of moving down here yeah. that there's a there's a huge demand for hockey and it can be very well received and they can do, do really well here so we just need to to have that process in place as they're building the arena and you know hopefully we can make that happen yeah i mean i think it's real important if you are a fan of hockey if you uh want to see hockey back you know reach out to your commissioner reach out to the coliseum authority Make your voice known if you're a business owner. How can they do that? Uh, use the interweb, uh, Google, <laughs> Google your guy. So eat, uh, shoot them an email. Pester them mercilessly. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's like John said. There's there's such a there's such a demand for it. I know before our local you know community rink closed, there was a a team in the men's league of just Air Force, uh, you know, servicemen uh, at, at Fort Gordon. There is, you know, you talk to somebody at, at, at MWR at Fort Gordon, every week they're getting multiple requests. Where is the rink? We just got here. I want to skate. I want to play hockey. My daughter wants to figure skate, whatever. It's, it's, uh, it's you know, Augusta um, could absolutely support uh, another minor league team. They could absolutely support a rink. Um, and so, like John said, we're, we're talking with some, uh, ownership groups that have kind of been there and done that. They've got multiple, both ownership groups that have multiple franchises at the AA level, and um, they're both serious about Augusta, and uh, we're we're excited about it. And, um, you know, we're also confident that I think that, um, you know, the possibility of them building their own practice facility is very real as well, which is, a, you know, obviously a hurdle. The, the arena can't hold open uh, dates all kind of fall winter and spring for the right. team to practice so um, we're uh we're, we're excited about it but but it's important that you know the business owners and the, the people of augusta you know if, they, if you want that um team back you know in your backyard if you want you know the all the good things that come with having a hometown professional team you know all the things that that add to the culture because of it then you have to make your voices um heard so the, the business owners downtown, the restaurants and the bars, you know, you get 35 to, to 45 different nights that are guaranteed to bring people downtown. You know, it'd be great for the, the restaurant owners downtown before the games, bars after the game, things like yeah. that. You know, you know, con concerts, they, they come in occasionally, but, you know, people will come to a concert, you know, once every so often. But, you know, if you got a team that's here 35 to 40 nights right. yeah. every year, <clears throat> It, it's great. Yeah, I mean, I know a few years ago when the Lynx, uh, or pardon me, the Riverhawks, you know, the, the ice mm -hmm. in the James Brown Arena went out, and and the arena was really excited because they got Zach Brown in on a Friday night, and it's like, okay, well that's, and then you know, they're like, oh well, because we didn't have a hockey team, we could get Zach Brown on a Friday. Well, really, it's only because Atlanta and Columbia and Jacksonville and Birmingham were booked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, I love Zach Brown as much mm. as the next guy, but you know what? Zach Brown doesn't add anything to the culture of Augusta. Zach Brown doesn't, doesn't do anything for, you know, Augusta hometown. Bold pride. statement, sir. Doesn't give you anything to rally <laughs> behind. 
you know. Right. Um, and, and if you can go around on Broad Street, all all through downtown, every single one of those guys, uh, you know, guys and girls that own businesses down there would would much rather have a you know a, a sports team to support than than you know the occasional concert. And uh, so we're that's, that's an interesting point. I didn't think about that at yeah. all. And that's 100% correct. The consistency yeah. of getting everybody on the same page and right. kind of yeah. getting behind and supporting Absolutely. the team. So if people want to support you guys, the first thing that they can do with that is they can reach out to the Coliseum Authority and tell them, mm-hmm. is there anything else that they can do to help you guys? Local government, uh, you know, getting the message out. Are we raising money? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Well, I think I think all of the above, yeah. really, it is just letting the... The Coliseum Authority is really kind of holding the cards right now, whether or okay. not they implement the, the ice. So that's the big people. one is the Coliseum Authority. Yeah. Yeah, and if you absolutely. want to do more than just that, reach out to us at Drop the Disc Podcast, yep. and we'll put you, we'll send yeah. you to the right place, whatever you want to do. We'll say right. that. The big thing, too, is if you're a business owner and you you know, had in the past sponsored the Lynx or you sponsored the Riverhawks and you would absolutely want to sponsor a new hockey team, let us know as well because we'd – that's the type of thing that we're we're trying to share with helps with, with these ownership, ownership groups. Yeah, right. You know, um, you know, I know personally, if we we brought a team in, I'd be sponsoring the team. I mean, right. no questions asked. I'd be a season ticket holder. I'd be sponsoring the team, um, and I feel like these guys would probably do the same thing. And um, you know, I just I feel like Augusta would absolutely get behind a hockey team, and, and uh, we just need to. What to would they of, be called? Oh gosh, good question. <clears throat> Man, story for another time. We leave that open to the fans. Yeah. Leave that open <laughs> to the vote. fans. Fan vote. Fan vote. Yep. <laughs> All right. As we have kind of wound down, let's take this opportunity to to ask you guys the final question. Sure. That we like to every end every show with. Sorry, I've been trying to make the shirts. I, you know, you've been sweating over here. I've been opening up the door, <laughs> trying to turn the fan on. And, Fan was picked up, and so have Canadians, a- we need it set at sixty-five. <laughs> yeah, and didn't you get that memo? <laughs> I we tried. Didn't, we didn't honor their rider. Right. I'll just give y'all more whiskey. That's what I. That's the plan. That's why I they're sweating. <laughs> I sweat trying to read sometimes. So. <laughs> hey, we haven't had a hot summer though, like we usually do. We yeah, really have. We really have not. I We've don't think we have. So, yeah. Thus far, we have hot winters. Who are you kidding? <laughs> you, like, I haven't stopped True. sweating since I moved here. <laughs> I don't think I've ever walked across a pond that's frozen. <laughs> no, you wouldn't want to here. <laughs> no. Okay, so every time we, we have a guest on, we uh, ask I'm that question. I'm assuming it would have to be frozen to walk across it, though. Wow. That's that's True. the implication. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know what a frozen pond JC, looks like. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's time for the drop the disc question presented by Trainer Gray. Trainer Gray Media is an incredible media group that can bring anything and everything to life when it comes to marketing your company, whether it be a commercial, a billboard, a website, or even just a live stream of an event that you're doing. They do it to the best of their ability, and they will always make you a happy customer. Check them out, Trainer Gray Media. Here in Evans, Georgia. So uh, we, we want to ask this question. We ask every guest on the show. We're Drop the Disc podcast. And so we're dropping that disc that this city gets too often. And, uh, you know, so what does that mean to you? If someone were to walk up to you and talk negatively about this city. And since we started with Steve for the conversational side, let's start with John for this side. All right. Um, well, if I hear someone, you know, 
Destin Augusta, I guess we'd have to drop the gloves and pull the jersey over their head and, you know, t- take care of that. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Love it. Um, no, seriously, I mean, I, for me, I, I love Augusta. This is home. Um, it hadn't mentioned it yet, but, uh, you know, it, when, when I was uh, my last year playing, I, I was actually uh, honored with, um, you know, John Whitwell oh, yes. Day. I have a... Uh, That's right. I heard about it. I have, a, I have a, a proclamation uh, from date? Mayor Bob Young in my office. What's uh, the date of John Whitwell Day? It's uh, February 8th. February 8th. Well, technically it was only 2002, but we celebrate it every year. It's just another reason to have <laughs> some fun. Every single year. Every year. Um, you know, so, <laughs> I mean, for me, I have my own day named after me in Augusta. So, I mean, what is not the love about this town? Love that. All right, Trevor, <laughs> go ahead, man. Well, it's uh, not a hard decision for me. I mean, I, I really love to fish and I really love to hunt. And uh, this is a phenomenal place to raise a family, great schools, great people, um, support their teams. Um, you know, it's I love it here. I mean, a house that you would buy here, that might have sounded really Canadian, huh? It does. It's okay. It's a house, a house a here that costs show. you about 200, <laughs> Queens, 200 Queens to 300 English. grand here in Augusta, Georgia, where we're from is a million plus. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and everything's great here. We got great doctors. I mean, every, it's just, just an awesome place. Um, you know, great weather. I, I don't like the snow. I've had a lot of injuries and uh my body feels pretty juicy here in the south so uh (laughs) no man this is home i mean my family right now canada you can't even cross the border and uh even if we could i'll send them some money so they can come see us here we'll have way more fun so no this is paradise this is heaven to me and uh you know uh, honored to live here in this great community that's right I'll just add one thing when you talk about snow. I, I love snow, but I can go visit snow. I don't have to shovel it and yeah. clean the car off every morning like I used to growing up. Yeah, we'll go to Colorado or uh, Jackson Hole and ski instead of Ontario. Exactly. Steve? Yeah, I mean, someone's going to talk bad about Augusta. If it's their hometown or if they're new here, I mean, I don't know. I, I th- you're, Chris, you're a Letterkenny guy, right? Sure. Yeah. So uh, the great philosopher Wayne fair. from Letter Lettercanny is famous for saying, "Get off the cross. We need the wood." I mean, I think that's so. Like honestly, hey, we're, we're trying to build something here. Right. If you're not going to say anything positive. Just get out. Like, like you know, if you're not contributing to the solution, you're part of the problem. So anybody that's going to talk bad about Augusta, you know, I mean, come on. It says, they don't more, know the it right says more about them than it says about Augusta. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Because there's, there's plenty of things to be grateful for here. There's plenty of things that, that, that are happening that are, that are fantastic. I mean, the city is, 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 is on the rise. And, uh, you know, it's because of, you know, folks like you and folks like these guys right here. Um, so, I mean, you know, I've lived a lot of places and, and a lot of times, you know, where, where I'm heading, oh, oh you're going to go to England. The food's terrible. You know, you know what? They pour heavy cream on dessert. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, you know, Japan, that's oh, going to be terrible. You know, you speak the language. Well, you know what? Guess what? I loved it. You know, uh, you know, when they, when they, when they sent me to the South, like, you're going to hate it in the South. You know, just people are backwards down there. They're idiots. And you know what? <laughs> kind of like it, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. People want to talk bad about Augusta. Like I said, it's it's more about them than it is about where we really are. And uh, I'm grateful to live here, and I love it. And, and 
and that's that. I'm sorry for anybody listening that couldn't keep up through all of the uh, the accent changes that Steve <laughs> went through. But oh gosh, it was, yeah, it's so confused. I apologize. <laughs> it was a pleasure to have you guys here yeah. today. We have the Augusta Hockey Talk episode. Hopefully, we have another one of these real quick. Um, the Stanley Cup already happened. Of course, the Tampa Bay Lightning won. They beat uh, Trevor's Islanders. Who did you guys think were going to win the Stanley Cup? I'm just curious. And were you happy with what happened? Well, I mean, Tampa is a star, star-studded cast. Um, top goaltender in the league, top defenseman, Braden Point, Steven Stamkos. I mean, uh, they were predicted to win it before the season started. So, uh, you know, the best team won. and. Uh, it'll be very challenging for their general manager uh, to try. They're way over cap uh, if you guys mm. follow it. So, um, you know, they're going to lose some key pieces to that puzzle and um, be nice. You know, maybe they can do it again, but uh, hopefully Miles will uh, step up because we got a brand new, beautiful, multi billion dollar building that'll be, uh, they'll be in next year um, in Belmont by the racetrack. We so, got to all uh, go to a game. Yeah, Let's so do they do a great job with uh, the alumni. So we have an alumni weekend, and um, you know, it's guys like me that were nobodies, and then uh, all those Hall of Famers that won all those cups. So uh, it's it's a great time. So I'm looking forward to it because uh, we got a promising future. But no, the right team won. They were they were great. Uh, I I will say that I'm a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, so I really wanted them to win this year. But uh, <laughs> they 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 bowed out in round one like they have. Uh, in several years in the past, unfortunately, you on your courage for admitting that, John. Well, it's, you know, it's it's not easy being a Leafs fan. You're right. You're right. Last time they won was 1967, and I was not born yet. So <laughs> <laughs> the funny it was that uh, like UGA uh, Joe Thornton <laughs> yeah. and Austin Matthews of the Leafs were at that fight. Uh, the, uh, they, they're uh, at the UFC saw, fight there, uh, Conor McGregor, yeah. and the meme came out. It says, not surprising this fight didn't go past round one with these two there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to learn some really hockey good. jokes. <laughs> they were, they were there with Bieber. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Bieber, good old Stratford boy. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, oh, that's right. And I didn't have a dog in the fight. I I, I just enjoy watching it. Um I grew up a Calgary Flames fan, and they, you know, they haven't done anything since, not the, good. since the 80s. So, I mean, uh, but yeah, no, I just I just enjoy watching it. So, yeah. But I think people would be surprised. I mean, there's so many hockey fans here. I yeah. mean, old-time Tattoo Barber, all those boys love hockey, all the military. I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of people who love the game here, and uh, it's the gr- greatest game on earth, fastest game on earth. So, And it's uh, so much better live. That's the thing about it is, 100%. is uh, you know, most people I talk to in Augusta, they're like, ah, oh, man, I didn't grow up with hockey, didn't really care about it. But, man, when I went to that first Lynx game, I couldn't believe it, you know, and then they were hooked. Right. And they, they loved it. I, I mean, I, I, don't, I haven't puck. talked to a single, a single person who ever went to a, a Lynx or River Hawks game that didn't absolutely love it. Well, there was always a fight. Well, that, that always, yeah. And that well, helps. We, we can thank Trevor for that. Yeah. I, I wish I had known back in the day that I was watching you guys. I was like six years old, but I was watching you guys beat the crap out of people, and I love that. Yeah. No, like Steve said, you know, it's much better live, and, and people kind of get confused, but when they're watching on TV, the, you know, the, the camera's only on the puck, and you got all that other stuff mm-hmm. going on around yeah. it that you, you see live. And it's, you know, much like football, when you're watching it on TV, the camera's on the ball at all times, but you know the game, so you know what's going on around it, so you can understand it when you're watching it on TV. It's the same right. thing with hockey. So when you're there live, you see all that other stuff that the, the camera doesn't really capture, 
it, it's so much more entertaining and exciting in person than it is on TV. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, we have Trevor, we have John, and we have Steve. We have Augusta Hockey Talk. Hopefully this is not the uh, last Augusta Hockey Talk, but only the first one. We're really excited to have you guys here. Yeah. Please let us know as things progress with this uh, new hockey team kind of interest group that's going on. We're really excited about that as well. Thank you awesome. guys for being here. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so much. You bet. Thank you guys. You guys are great. I listen to your show all the time. I love it. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Drop the Disc podcast. Of course, recorded at Augusta Podcast Studio. And make sure you stay right where you are because Around Augusta with Chris is going to start in just a moment. If you enjoy this episode, we really like to ask, uh, one, make sure you tell a friend. And two, if you're feeling spunky and maybe have a little extra free time, Leave us a rating or review on uh, however you listen, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other way. Um, also, follow us on social media. Drop the Disc Pod on Instagram is where we do most of our cool stuff, especially our brackets, for which we are about to finish the brunch bracket very soon. And speaking of brunch, I'm actually about to go to brunch to celebrate my sister's birthday. Happy birthday, Jennifer. I hope you stuck around till the end of the show to hear this. And so I'm going to turn it over to Chris for Around Augusta. And now it's time for Around Augusta with Chris. For those of you that are just now tuning into our show, a little bit about what Around Augusta is. It's an opportunity for myself to tell y'all what's happening in the city. There might be rumors going around, there might be actual new designs coming to town, or new businesses. So I've got two things on the docket for today. Here we go. 13th Street Bridge, downtown. The bridge that connects North Augusta to downtown Augusta. We're all familiar with this bridge. Something is happening to it, and it's going to be super cool. Designs have just come out. Check out our Instagram for those photos. But I'm going to paint you a quick picture. It's going to be a walking, biking, and travel bridge, which is super incredible because North Augusta is a piece of downtown Augusta. We we love it. Uh, it's got SRP Park. It's got great little great little town boutique area. Um, it's going to be lit up. There's going to be purple lights, green lights that are going to reflect off the river, which is going to be really cool. And it's also being added a biking and pedestrian walking bridge, which is super incredible. It's something that every town needs, especially when it has a beautiful river to cross. Second thing I want to talk about a new buy, sell, trade sneaker store is on Washington Road, and it just opened up. It's called Cola Kicks. If you want more information, you can go Google Cola Kicks Augusta, and it is an awesome place. Very cool, different place, but all those that love to have some sweet kicks, that is the place to go. And that's all I got for Around Augusta with Chris. Can't wait to see y'all next week.